I'm so honoured to have you here and welcome you to today's conversation. So sit back, take a breath and get ready to see the world through a new and expansive lens with me, Emma Evelyn Campbell. You're saying we were talking about Pluto. Yeah, just oh, and then you said, there's Mercury saying about your tech. Yeah, Mercury in retrograde. I had it like two weeks ago. Anything yeah. I touched electronically would break. Like mm-hmm. computer, microphone, like my espresso machine. <laughs> and oh, like my, my wife was like, you're not allowed to touch anything. anything. Like anything <laughs> right now breaks. Um, what do you think it was like trying to show you? Because I had yeah. um, this around that time where I was getting really ill. And it was like life, like slow down, take some rest. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was trying to show well, you? Well, I mean, in that sense, I'm a firm believer that we get sick to learn. Mm. And when we learn the lesson we're supposed to, that's when the illness or the sickness yeah, will leave us. So, exactly, you know, for exactly. you, what that example was slow down. And once mm-hmm. you pick up, slow down. I think mm-hmm. for me, I started doing a 40-day chakra cleansing meditation about mm-hmm. three or four weeks ago. That's when everything started happening for me. And I've been sick multiple times since. And I haven't taken an antibiotic in 10 years. And I've been had food poisoning multiple times. I've had COVID. I've had another illness. So in the last 30 days since starting this chakra cleansing practice, mm-hmm. my body and my energy systems have been all up and open and trying to wake me up to things. So I think it's probably a combination of that. And I think there's mm-hmm. just a lot here right now. I think the totally. world, it's, it's kind of game time here on planet earth. Things are, I up. agree. I there's agree. A lot going on. I think that's probably it. You know. When you were going through that cleanse, what were some of those like deep unconscious things within you that maybe you couldn't see before that it kind of brought to the surface? Because I think when you yeah. move through those kind of cleanses and those things, it kind of brings things that are unseen within us. I'm still in it right now. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> doing a 40-day chakra clearing meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And the way the 40-day meditation works is if you miss a day, so I was at about day 15 and I forgot. And then, then you go back to day zero. So now I'm back at like, <laughs> so in a 40 day practice, I'm past 40 days, but I'm only at like day 12 or something right now. If that makes sense. <laughs> so I think I realized, you know, one, I was judging COVID. That was a big one. I was yeah. judging it a lot in terms of people's reaction to it, my reaction to it. So that was something that came up for me, which is why I think I got it. And also it's taken me a while to clear. And then some digestive stuff. So I'm thinking there, okay, maybe I'm not digesting my life. I'm taking on too much. I'm Mm -hmm. not processing things. Maybe I'm taking in more toxins in terms of my food, my lifestyle, my mind. So I think those are some things I'm looking. I don't think, I know those are things I'm looking at right now in myself of interesting. I started this practice. A couple of days Mm -hmm. later, I got sick. A couple weeks later, I got food poisoning. That's happened multiple times. What's there for me? I think some lifestyle changes in order. And mm-hmm. I think releasing some judgment around what's going on in the world is in order. So that's what's coming up for me in terms of my own growth. And and mm-hmm. so a student asked me yesterday, okay, am I going to stop the practice because it's affecting me so heavily? And I said, no, <laughs> this is the power of doing a 40-day meditation and the discipline mm-hmm. of getting to know yourself and saying, I could stop because it's unpleasant, but I'm not going to because maybe there's more for me to learn in there. And I haven't quite found the peace yet. And am I willing to stick with the discomfort in order to grow? And, and, you know, the answer is yes. And that's not always easy. And, you know, I've been practicing meditation yoga for 15 years. So I've got tools to be able to handle when life gets challenging and when things don't go how I want. So the ability to continue to stay, I would say, like mentally and spiritually tough Mm. is a huge piece. We don't get a lot of that on social media. 
You know, we get the mm. kind of the roses, the butterflies, the rainbows, and that's the light side. And there's a lot to learn from the dark side. It's not bad. <laughs> there's actually <laughs> probably a lot more growth in there for us than we realize uh, in that unconscious world. And if we're willing to look at it, there's gems. So anyways, that's where I am in terms <laughs> of learning through my own growth. And yeah, anyways, happy to talk about it. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And thank you for sharing that. And totally. I mean, I would love to dive into some things, but I thought at first it would be good for you, Nick, to introduce yourself and just talk a little bit about what's on your heart to share today. Yeah, I love it. Cool. I'm Nick Paldino King. I am a conscious coach and mentor. I also own my own yoga studio and fitness studio in San Francisco. Been a yoga practitioner for about 15 years. I got into yoga by being so stressed in my corporate job that <laughs> I was miserable. I was a big jerk and I really didn't have any purpose in my life. So I kind of got into yoga and meditation by default. I never planned on being a coach, never planned on being a yoga teacher. All kind of happened I would say like almost through divine intervention, it really feels like at this mm. point, like this was a calling that was waiting for me and I uh, woke up to it. And anyways, decided one day I wanted to start to share the effects that were helping me live a better life. And then as a result, started to get into teaching yoga and coaching and meditation about a decade ago. So that's what I've been doing. Right now, I mainly focus on coaching conscious leaders who want to bring more consciousness and mindfulness and awareness into their companies. And then also wellness business professionals, you know, like ourselves. Mm -hmm. who have really conscious, mission-driven, heart-centered, focused businesses. So those are the two kind of areas I'm focusing on right now in my coaching and my practice. Besides that, today, what's kind of for me, I was writing some things down, just kind of present moment, and it was non-judgment came up and discussing mm -hmm. how to stay in center line. Mm -hmm. And then also maybe some things around conscious business, because I know you and I share a lot of those mm -hmm. passions around that. Totally, um, totally. Happy to Love talk that. about it. All of it, but those are the two kind of things that came yeah, up for me. Yeah, so. totally. Let's just dive into the non-judgment because we kind of spoke about that a little mm. bit start and I can see it's going to branch out into how that links with conscious business and conscious entrepreneurship. So I'd love to ask you and dive into like, what is showing up as who you are in your business and what is showing up just as an individual in your life? What does it mean to have non-judgment for yourself and for the others around you? Like, what does that actually look like? Yeah. The first thing is it doesn't look like anything I would start with. What I mean by that is we have pictures, right? We have pictures of what a good yoga teacher looks like. We have pictures of what it means to be enlightened, which are all concepts in our minds. And if we have those pictures and concepts, then we're in essence in judgment, right? We're creating, we're creating a polarity or we're defining things. So mm -hmm. the best way to describe non-judgment and also present moment is to get as clear as you can in this moment, which would mean to have no expectations, mm. right? Like this call. For Challenging example. one. <laughs> oh, it's a huge one. Yeah. It's a huge one. And, you know, and especially you know, like as you as the host, like, and I, you know, on my podcast, like, do we come with expectations around what mm. we want to see, what we want to create? If so, that pulls us out of present moment mm. because, if I'm coming in here with things that I want to get across, well, then I'm bringing the past into the present, right? Yeah. And that's hard because you want to have a certain kind of framework <laughs> and a certain kind of flow, but present moment calls that we drop our expectations mm -hmm. to the floor and we come you, Just to jump in there, do you think that links into our need to control, our need to kind of figure things out and 100%. make things go the way that we intend them to go? A hundred percent. Yeah. It comes down to our need to control. I think it comes down to fear also mm. of allowing things to flow and allowing things to take course as they naturally should and could. It's also trained behavior. You know, we learn it mm. from everyone on the planet of 
you come into moments with expectations. I know a lot of like the CEOs I coach, they're loaded with expectations because they're control freaks, which is why they're successful. You know, and then they <laughs> tell me, oh, I keep having the same problem with the same person. I'm like, well, you're having that problem in your mind before you walk into the room. So how could it ever be different? And they go, oh, mm. like, well, you're the leader. People are going to follow you. If you come into the room, assuming that things are going to go a certain way, then how could they go differently? Especially as people get more conscious, by the way. Of course. Um, the more conscious we get, the more of the things that we think, say, and do, we manifest and create because we get more clear. So, yeah, I mean, dropping our expectations to the floor, throwing them out the window is an excellent portal to being present, an excellent portal to having less judgment in our life. Mm -hmm. I think this is a lifetime practice from what I'm seeing in myself and others. You know, we talk about, I don't know if you're familiar with some yogic language, but we talk about V-Kulpas. No, which I haven't are, heard that. V-Kulpas are, in essence, our our negative tendencies, okay, right? Mind stuff. So let's say I'm always in fear, right? That could be kind of one of my patterns. Well, then I'm going to be looking around all the time for things that are going to hurt me or affect me negatively. So my mind is going to have all of these tendencies built in to protect me from negative outcomes. So the reality I'm creating isn't based off what I'm seeing. It's based off the patterning in my mind. And then therefore I start to create that reality in front of me, even though it might not be what's there. So a lot of what we're doing as conscious beings is learning to identify these V culpas, right? These negative tendencies, these thought patterns and go, okay, is this thought real? Mm. Do I want this to still have power and control over me? If I do, that's okay. By the way, that would be non-judgment. This is okay. I'm not ready to remove this. I'm not ready to change this. But if I go, you know what? This pattern's getting old. I'd like my life to be different. Then how do I start to remove it? How do I start to change it? So my thinking's different and therefore my reality is different. And that's called inner work. <laughs> uh, but the big piece there notice was the non-judgment. I found this negative quality. I don't have to change it. I can allow it to sit there and I can allow it to still teach me until I'm ready to transcend it. And that may be today. It may be tomorrow. It may be a next lifetime. So back to the non-judgment, non that would be a piece of patience, understanding timing, you know, of, am I ready to change? Do I want to change? And you get to choose, which is a beautiful thing. So yeah, as we're talking about being more present, it's really about understanding who's driving the bus in here. Is it past thoughts, tendencies, fears, doubts? Or is it what I'm seeing in front of me? And the less expectations, the less assumptions, less judgments we bring into the room, the more clear we can be in this moment. And then the more clear we can be in our next moments. And I find the more clear I am now, the better my life goes. The happier I am, the more compassionate I am, the more positive impact I can have. That goes for all of us. Mm, totally. I love that. How do you think from your experience we start practicing that non-judgment we start practicing that ability to release expectations mm -hmm. i think that's something that's a lot of people struggle with so i would love to hear your perspective well i think the first thing is we don't really talk about non-judgment very much i don't see that come up as a topic too often i don't know if you do i've just reading the surrender experiment michael singer and there's a big aspect in that and i've started to look into this concept of the inner child within us is needing our love and acceptance, not our judgment of it. So same with our patterns, with our conditioning, right? So I've started exploring 
exploring that a little bit recently sort of coming through to me but it's not something that I see in the industry especially both of us on Instagram right it's not something you see day to day in posts it's missing that depth and that ability to see those parts of us with compassion for sure yeah I mean I think so the first piece is starting to have more conversations around it starting to make that more mainstream it's not mainstream because non-judgment this sounds judgy from what I found (laughs) it's the ultimate teaching right why because it doesn't end you know if we start talking about non-judgment it gets into a big ass conversation quickly Mm. right because non-judgment isn't about 90% non-judgment. It's not about 99% non-judgment. It is 100% non-judgment. And then that goes to conversations like, well, what about murder? What about Hitler, right? What about Mm -hmm. COVID? And these are the things that we go, well, I cannot judge, you know, your preference in clothing, or I cannot judge your preference in using an iPhone, or I use Zoom, you're using, what is this thing? StreamYard. (laughs) Okay, those, you know, that's some low hanging fruit. So to answer your question, we start with the low-hanging fruit. We start with, okay, can we have a conscious conversation about technology? For example, let's just make something up. And in that moment, can you and I, we don't have to get to an agreement, which is really important. We don't have to, at the end of the day, agree that one is better than the other. But can we understand each other and go, okay, well, here's what I think. Here's why I think Zoom is a fantastic tool and you go oh that's cool i hear that well here's why i think zencaster is a great great tool and then at the end of that conversation can you and i both listen to each other hear each other out understand each other and then go okay i don't need to make you wrong in order for me to be right and i think that's a really nice portal into non-judgment okay mm. and then okay we did it once okay now can we do it about career choice all right let's get a little bigger Okay, now same conversation. You tell me why you do what you do. I'll tell you why I do what I do. We'll talk about our different perspectives, our different approaches. And again, I don't have to make you wrong for me to be right and vice versa. And then we go, okay, well, now let's take it to COVID. And then boom, now the whole thing blows up. Because every single person has a different opinion. Everyone's right, if you've noticed that, by the way. (laughs) Totally. Everyone's right. So, and I agree, everyone is right in their own reality, in their own perspective. And now someone's going to listen and go, wait, this guy just said that someone who's not getting vaccinated is right. And then I go, yeah, through their reality, they are. Now, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. I agree with it, but that doesn't mean that they're wrong. And this is where non-judgment, this is where the rubber starts to hit the road. And this is where we really find out what are we made of spiritually? Mm. Can I sit with someone? And can I listen to their opinion and their reality? And can I fully hear it, not judge it, not make it wrong, not make it right, make it perfect, and then have my own reality and have my own opinion and not make that wrong and not make that right? Non-judgment is about someone being greater than and someone being less than or a thing being greater than or a thing being less than. And can we start to make things equal that's called perfection. That's called balance. That's not judgment. And now this is a huge ask. Mm-hmm. And this, these are bold statements. And then we got to get bigger. And then we take it to war. Then we take it to Hitler. And now we're talking through consciousness. We're not talking through personality mm-hmm. here. Those are different things. And then someone goes, there's no way you can't judge that. It's like, well, this is the teaching. 
how do you not make it wrong? How do you not make it right? And you remember that the universe doesn't mess things up. Divine plan doesn't mess things up. Everything's perfect in the grand scheme of things. That doesn't mean you like it. That doesn't mean you agree with it. It doesn't mean you wouldn't change it. That's a huge piece. And then we can take that all down into ourselves because it's never outside of ourselves. So as you mentioned before, the inner child, can I start to look at my past traumas? Can I start to look at the worst things that have ever happened to me and not judge those? And actually, can I start to love those pieces of me? Why? Because they made me who I am in this moment. If I love the negative parts of me, then I start to love all of me. And I'm not going to make those negative parts of me less than, right? And those positive parts of me greater than. I'm going to all make them equal and perfect. And I go, these were exactly what I needed in order for me to learn and grow. And I can go, well, there's some things in my life that shouldn't have happened to me. Well, I go, well, they did. So then therefore they were perfect. Again, not that I liked it, not that I wanted them. We talked last time I was on here about how I got mugged and almost killed in my mid-20s, mm-hmm. right? And in the moment was one of the worst things that ever happened to me. It drastically changed my life. But 10 years later, I look back and I go, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. And mm-hmm. I'm actually grateful for those three men that did that. Not to me, because life's not happening to me. I'm creating my reality. So I go, actually, I love those men. Or having the courage to wake me up. That's non-judgment. Mm. Now, did I, was I able to say that in a year? No. Was I able to say that in two years? No. Five years? Mm, ten years? There's space. There's some room. There's growth, right? And they go, well, I love those men. I love those men for being willing to grow me. Mm. And I mean that from the depth of mm. my being. Yeah, I can feel that. Do you see them as a reflection of yourself, as of a deeper part of yourself that wanted to be woken up and in that moment that came through? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Because through non-judgment, you start to understand that nothing's ever outside of yourself, right? Your mm-hmm. reality is based on you. Say my reality is based on me. So there must have been something in me in that moment that said to those three guys, hey, jump this guy. I was walking home in a suit, minding my own business, and three guys jump out of a car and rob me. Okay, So there's something that I was projecting in that moment that said, this is our guy. right? Now, did I have the awareness then to understand why? No. <laughs> but there was some, like energy, you know this, like energy attracts like energy. So their energy found the perfect energy for us to come together in that moment and create the perfect experience, <laughs> which was life-threatening which was dangerous, which was scary, which was traumatic, which was life-changing, which was all perfect. Now, I don't know, maybe one of those guys, one of the three, maybe through that experience, they woke up the next day and they said, you know what, I'm never doing that again, Hmm. right? Maybe I got enough shots in on one of them (laughs) that they woke up the next day and they said, I'm never going to do that again. So maybe that experience in, by finding me, Maybe one of those guys never did that again. And I hope that's true. And that may be. And they go, well, that's all, that's also perfect, right? Everything's happening for a reason so that we can learn and grow. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, would, I was the exact person needed for them in that moment. And they were the exact person that I needed in that moment. And then you look at relationships. We've all been there, right? We've all had terrible relationships. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that was the exact person we needed in that exact moment to grow us. You know, and then you look back and like, what was I doing? And then you go, well, I really learned from that person. 
actually love that person because they were perfect for me. Would I choose them again? No. <laughs> but we're getting the exact partner we need in all moments as well. So I think if we can look at that through the lens of like energy attracts like energy. And we are creating our realities perfectly at all times. And that's where non-judgment is kind of the background layer. Right? Mm. And it's a daily practice to go back to your original question. It's a daily practice. It starts mm. with the self. It starts with small things. But we are judging all the time, Emma. Tight. That's the, one of the biggest patterns that we share as humans mm-hmm. is we're constantly making everything around us right or wrong. And that's okay. That's called duality. <laughs> and we're learning through consciousness how to remove the duality to have one singular reality. What do you think needs to happen for that to unfold more into our world? For more non-judgment or more? Bringing in more consciousness so that we can kind of see ourselves as this one unit rather than Mm. these separate beings that are kind of just going about looking at each other through our own perceptions. It's a really good question. Um, (laughs) From your perspective. Yeah, and it's a good question. Through my perspective, right, which is one lens of 8 billion people. So I think it's still as powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where we go. Okay. One of my teachers, Dennis would say it's the individuality within the totality. Mm. Oh, I meaning, love that. It's beautiful line. Meaning just, I'm a speck of dust in the universe, right? I don't matter. Anything I do is a flash in the pan. And yet I'm here in matter. So then therefore I matter. Therefore, whatever I do to raise my consciousness raises the consciousness of the wholeness. Mm. So it starts with the individual. As you and I both raise our consciousness as individuals of the wholeness, then the wholeness, as a result, gets its consciousness raised. Does that make sense? Mm. Totally. So what, what I'm hearing from that, it really starts with you. It starts yeah. with that internal work, those internal changes within and then they get reflected back out into your reality. 100%. And you're going to hear people, especially in the coaching world, like, I want to change the world. I want to help people. I want to fix people. Like, that language is already saying that the world is broken. Mm. Right? That language is already saying that the universe isn't perfect. No, it is. I'm going to help you. Well, that means that person's not less than. Nope. We're already starting from a place of judgment. So we need to start from, and I, I don't like to use the word need, but... We start from a place of internal work and we're cleaning up ourselves to get more clear, right? To raise our consciousness. In the same way, if my consciousness decreases, then the consciousness of the wholeness decreases as well. It's like tides, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, one of us, how much impact are we going to have? Well, there's people we've seen in the world that have had tremendous impact as a singular person, right? Gandhi, Martin Luther King, right? Tichan Hanu just passed away. You're going, okay, this is one person who's having a massive effect on the wholeness and consciousness. So we can each do that within ourselves. It starts here. It's never outside of ourselves and our own work. And that's a big job. That's a big enough job. So now conversations like this, the work we're doing with our clients, right? The increasing amount of yoga teachers and therapists and coaches out there in the world. These are all the ways in which consciousness starts to rise, Mm. right? And have you ever seen the early adopter curve for business? No, I mean, like I've seen curves like that, but I don't know the one you're specifically talking about. Yeah, so the early adopter curve can be applied to anything, but it's Mm -hmm. like the first 2% are the innovators, Mm -hmm. right? 
So like, let's look at, I don't know, we look at coaching because we're both coaches. So look at like mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, right? He's like kind of the innovator of coaching, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of one, those Play first one or 2%, right? So when he's doing it, people are like, what is this thing? Who is this guy? This is crazy, right? Then like the next 10 to 14% are like the early adopters, okay? And I'm probably in that realm where I started a mm-hmm. decade ago. Coaching was this thing was like, what is this? You look online and it's like, how do you become a coach? It's not clear. And then after that, about 15% starts to hit. Then we start moving into the like, I forget what it's called, but like kind of like the main, like that's where like the rest of the 50% start Mm -hmm. to join. And this is where now when things start to become mainstream, popular. Mm -hmm. So look at the coaching world where now like everyone's a yoga teacher. Everyone's a coach. Mm -hmm. So now people know what coaching is. We're familiar with it, right? The consciousness works in the same way. And then once you hit that 50%, then it becomes accepted right? And then now you have late adopters. And it's kind of the people that are late to the game. You could look at mm-hmm. it. Bitcoin followed this. Marijuana followed this. Yeah, of course, know, yeah. Anyways, consciousness is doing the same thing. Mm. We've got our early innovators, right? Which are, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh would be one, right? Bringing mindfulness to the West. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then we've got, you know, yoga practitioners, teachers from the 70s, 80s. And then now we've got the main adopters. So as we do more and more of that, it'll become more mainstream. And that's mm. what we're seeing in this world as there's more of an awakening in our culture. Also, the heavier it gets here in terms of stress and fear and pain and doubt and judgment, the more people will wake up. Because now we're looking at the wholeness of the universe. As things get more intense, they don't get just more intense negatively, they get more intense positively right Mm -hmm. it's a really important thing right now the yoga sutras would say we're in something called the kali yuga i don't know if you're familiar Mm -hmm. with that no in essence means we're in like a shit storm of (laughs) i love that really nice yoga work and then it's like we're in a fucking shit storm (laughs) we're in a fucking shit storm we'll just distill it down i live in both worlds right like the yoga and 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 living in san francisco so yeah it's pretty much saying Mm -hmm. We're coming to not an end of time, like the world's going to end, but an end of the way we are living. And it's hot. And Kali is the goddess of destruction. So we're mm, in that time. I love time. We're in the age of destruction. And as we're in the age of destruction, one of the benefits is people understand they need to wake up now. Like mm-hmm. when we go on the planet, we go, there's no more time for us to mess around, team. We need to gear up. It's game time. Let's mm-hmm. get conscious. Let's live our life on purpose. Let's take care of the planet. Okay. compared to like the Renaissance era where everything's just kind of perfect, <laughs> right? And there's no need for transformation because life's going well, the world's going well, right? So there's, you can look at this time and go, oh, actually, there's the perfection in the destruction. There's mm-hmm. the perfection in the intensity because when consciousness is about more. It's not about positive. It's not about negative. The more conscious I get, the more I get, the more non-judgmental I get, the bigger pieces I get. Because why? Well, I can handle them because I'm more non-judgmental, which is weird to say out loud, right? So mm-hmm. masters, for example, are getting pieces that the rest of us can't process because mm-hmm. we don't have the skills of non-judgment to handle that amount of material. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love the way you spoke about that. And something that was just coming through was, as you said, this non-judgment is like this portal for our expansion, right? Expansion of mm-hmm. consciousness as well. Do you also see that 
in the acceptance of those parts of ourselves as well, accepting the parts of us that judge, accepting the parts of us that are not quite ready to expand yet and are not quite ready to see the world through the lens that we're trying to create. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A huge part of non-judgment is not judging your judgment. <laughs> Which is such a funny thing to say. It is. It's like a really big rabbit hole if we went all the way down. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's, you know, and then we're like, okay, we're getting too meta here. (laughs) So, for example, a practice I will do is if I'm walking down the street in San Francisco, and let's say I see someone that's homeless, right? And let's say I slip into a moment of judgment and I start judging that person, right? Instead of saying to myself, don't judge, because what I'm doing now is I'm layering judgment on top of my judgment. Mm. Right, I'm making it more dense. Instead, I'll say to myself, judging, 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 back to breath, something like that. Mm. And now what I'm doing is I'm bringing awareness to my judgment. I'm not making it wrong. It's perfect. It happened. But by bringing awareness to it, then it starts to dissolve. Mm. And in that moment, I can go back to present moment. I don't know this person. I don't know their story. I don't know how they got there. San Francisco is the most expensive city in the world. Maybe they missed one paycheck. I mean, that's how intense it is here in terms of rent. So Mm -hmm. that's where by bringing awareness to judgment, we can instantly transform in the moment without layering on the judgment. And then that's the exact same way we do with ourselves. Here's this judgment I found in myself. Can I see it? Can I not judge it? Can I love it and understand and know when I'm ready to let that go, I will. And if I'm not ready right now, that's okay. That's called compassion, patience. Mm. Right? What I'm hearing there is that cultivating that non-judgment and that acceptance of self and others is really through that power of awareness, of bringing awareness into all of your actions, into everything that you do, and then also cultivating that awareness in your day-to-day life, in your day-to-day mm-hmm. practice. Absolutely. You can't change a habit until you are aware of the habit, okay? So this is where I used to tell people that life was a choice. And it is, but I don't fully believe that anymore. Because life isn't a choice until you have awareness. Mm. I can't make conscious choices if I'm not aware of things. Does that make sense? Totally. Once I have awareness through mindfulness, through meditation, through yoga, through coaching, doesn't matter how you get there, by the way, through having a glass of wine with a friend, however you get to conscious Mm -hmm. awareness is perfect. Once I have the awareness, now I have choice. Mm. Okay, so an initial framework I'll teach is like what I call the four conscious choices. But again, they're conscious choices because I need to have the awareness first. In every moment, I can choose to accept something 100%. Not, just like non-judgment, not 90%, not 99%, but I fully accept what this is and surrender to it. The second thing I can do is I can change it, okay? But the key here is that I accept it and change it. I don't make it wrong. Mm-hmm. Back to the original conversation, I fully accept what it is and I make a change, okay? My third conscious choice is I can leave it, I can quit, I can remove it. I, don't, I hate my job. Okay, quit my job. Not saying there's no repercussions. Not saying you'll be able to pay your bills. But what I am saying is you have a choice. And then option four is you resist it consciously. You choose through conscious awareness to resist it and make your life harder. Why? Well, like I talked about before, the more pressure you create, 
the quicker you can learn and grow. So then you can use conscious resistance as a way to actually transform faster. But none of those options are on the table until I have awareness. And then after I have my choices, well, then I need to act. And then that's a different piece of the equation because now we're working with value. Now I'm worried about, well, what if I do this? Will I be judged? How will people think about me if I quit my job or if I change this or if I don't judge this, by the way, that's a really big piece. How will people respond to me if I don't judge this? You know, I had mentioned before some of the heat that I've been taking around COVID as a teacher is doing my best to not judge it Mm -hmm. and taking a tremendous amount of heat from people around me for not judging it. Mm -hmm. Teachers need to be willing to be judged in order for people to grow through them. So these are all kind of the layers of how do we build conscious awareness and how do we live in a non-judgmental way? We need awareness first. Then we have to decide what is the right choice for us in the moment. Mm-hmm. And then from there, are we willing to act on what we want, what we believe, what we need? Those are all different aspects of the process of self-transformation. And then finally, are we willing to be judged for our actions? And are we willing to not judge ourselves for our actions? Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a lot there. Yes, yeah, very multi-layered. We're multi-layered, right? We're mm-hmm. multi-dimensional beings. Mm-hmm. Being human is not easy. <laughs> it's not supposed to that. be, eh? <laughs> no. You know, divine. I mean, there, from what you said, and, totally. I mean, you what know. you said there as well is what we spoke about in this and in all of those challenges and in those pains. They are there to serve us, they are there to transmute things that are deeper within us. But it's about bringing awareness to those things in order for us to actually allow that process to happen, allow that process to unfold. Mm-hmm. And I think the perfect word you just picked there was allow. That's a really great word. Like once you have awareness, allow things to unfold. No expectations. Just because I have awareness doesn't mean I, things are going to change. Doesn't mean they're supposed to. Allow things to run their course, right? We're so avert to letting things have a process. You know, so many of us are control freaks. It's like, just let things be, let things figure themselves out. You ever tried that? Like if you just I'm let things figure now. themselves out, <laughs> that's a, here's one of the best things I've learned in the last year Surrender. or two about my mind. If my mm. mind's trying to figure things out, I just stop because mm. this, Powerful. my mind is going to try to figure out the problems that my mind made, which can't <laughs> happen. The thing causing the problem is the thing trying to figure out the problem. This is where you go to what you just said, surrender, like just relax, stop and let things happen. And then you may find more often than not, things have a way of figuring themselves out if we simply chill. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to, because I know this is a passion of both of us. I would love to link this to conscious entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and people that are, you know, in this industry and building their business in this industry. How do we cultivate and bring these elements, right, Mm. our internal worlds, the things that we're practicing in our day-to-day practices, our lives, how do we bring that to an environment that's typically associated with the complete opposite, right, the masculine, the control, the structure? Mm -hmm. How do we bring this in and actually allow our business to be a reflection of that internal world and that non-judgment and everything that we spoke about? That's a big piece, right? That's huge. It's massive. If you pay attention, there are writings and articles coming out now that are from like, I just saw one from Harvard that one of my students showed me. 
the Harvard Business Review just proposed that we should start to focus on compassion over empathy. Mm. And that's something I've been teaching for years. And I'm like, so Harvard's catching on to empathy is about attachment. Compassion is about service. Like, that's a huge piece. I'm reading a book right now called Conscious Business, which is a mm-hmm. really cool start. I don't know if you've read that. Um, no, I haven't read that. I have to give it a look. It's really cool. And that's from an MIT professor. So, okay. Mm-hmm. So now Harvard and MIT are starting to put things out around conscious business. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a start. That means it's starting to move out of that early adopter phase, by the way, if it's getting mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just made a video about this the other day, actually. Our businesses, especially as heart-centered mission-driven entrepreneurs, our business is an extension of us. That's it. Mm-hmm. Our businesses are not separate from us. They are extensions of us. So what that means is the more clear that I am in my business, what I do, who I'm for, how I serve people, the more clear that's going to be presented, right? That's going to create the right clients for me to work with and vice versa. And then that work, the more clear it is, the more mission-driven is, the more prosperous it is, it's going to have more ripple effects, let's say positive Mm -hmm. ripple effects throughout the world. So then that would be the individuality within the totality. As I clear myself up and get more conscious and present, I can then share that with the people I work with. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, maybe this has happened, I'll work with a CEO. And now there's one person I'm working with. And now through the work we're doing, they take that out and now they're affecting 5,000 people mm. in the way that they're operating their business, in the way that they're talking to people, in the way they're communicating. I worked with a law firm for about three years and I would have 20 lawyers a week meditating and doing yoga and talking about their inner wow. feelings and their emotions. And I'm going like, you guys are early adopters. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, you got 20 lawyers sitting in a room meditating, talking about their emotions. The mm. impact that has on their lives on their companies, and then also on their families is, I would say, immeasurable, mm-hmm. right? So then it seems like such a big task, right? But then is it really? Because it, it's the individual, right? And it's going to take more light workers, teachers, conscious coaches to get out into the streets and work with people so that we can give tools, teach tools to people that can then take it to their companies. I think companies are the perfect place for consciousness to be cultivated mm-hmm. and increased because you and I can get to a hundred people, a thousand people, an executive can get to thousands, tens of thousands. I mean, you want to talk about real impact. That's that positive butterfly effect right there. And that's mm-hmm. why for me, my work is really focused on conscious leaders, right? We work mm-hmm. together and then they take that and then they go expand and then they, they give that to their staff and they expand. And then, wow, we covered a lot of ground in a pretty short amount of time. And it could be little things, you know, like one of the executives I was talking about, they started having their staff do push-up contests at work. Okay. Silly thing. But now they're starting to prioritize movement and mm-hmm. health. And then we went in and we changed the snacks in the break room. Okay. Now people are eating apples instead of chips. Okay. Well, then once that started, then I would go in and do a meditation series. Okay, now they have 2,000 people meditating. Okay, then we started doing weekly yoga sessions at my studio. So you look and you go, okay, one person started with push-ups, which is not really that big of a deal. But then that grew to food, which then grew to 
some meditation, which then grew to group programs. And you go, wow, how did we make a change? We started with mm. one thing. I think that's the calling for all of us. Start with one thing now that's going to shift you to help you lift your consciousness and let that one thing then start to lift the consciousness of the wholeness. And then that removes a lot of pressure. Mm. Now we don't have to go do it. It's, it's <laughs> something that happens internally and then happens externally as a result. So long-winded way of saying our businesses are extensions of ourselves. Our job is to clear ourselves up. And as we do that, it'll have a massive effect on the consciousness of the planet and the wholeness. And I think that's where we start. And that's a lot of work too. But also I think that's a way to kind of chill out on that and not make it too pressure driven. Totally. And we tapped into this a little bit earlier and I just kind of want to link it in here is this idea of when we're building these things, right? When we're working with the people that we're working with, how do we also release expectations for these dreams that we have for these, if we want these big dreams of raising the consciousness of the planet. I know that's something that's really links to your heart. Like with these big dreams, how do we also release expectations in those moments when we're creating these things and when we're bringing our work to people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So notice now the same topics are coming up in mm. life and business because they're all the same thing. Exactly. There's no such thing as business life, work life, married life. It's all life. So all that's one. What we, that's what, it's all <laughs> one. That's what we, we need to stop siloing ourselves in our lives and just go this is my life everything i do is part of it i'm the center hub and there's folks there's work there's my relationship with my wife whatever those things kind of don't matter mm. they're manifestations of the individual but in terms of the expectations this is where you got to get to the place of i matter regardless of what i do and that my value isn't driven from the outcomes i create in the world that's that masculine energy you talked about, right? Mm -hmm. We are so obsessed with doing and creating our value through what we present and create in the world. Well, that's never going to stop, FYI. As long as my value is outside of myself, it doesn't matter how many students I have, how many studios I have, how much money I make. It's never going to be enough because this thing doesn't think it's enough. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question is, we need to switch our internal lens to I'm perfect and whole in this moment, regardless of what I do or what I don't do. Remember, I matter because I'm here in matter. That's internal confidence. That's a knowingness. And then from there, from this like love-filled heart center, this prosperity, then I can go do whatever I want in the world. Mm. And then there's no attachment to what I'm creating. When there's attachment to the goal, we're not in present moment because we're saying I have to get to this goal in order to be whole. No, you're missing. We're missing the point. I'm whole. I'm perfect. I'm complete. From there, I can do or not do. It does not matter. I can watch TV, eat a bag of chips and still raise the consciousness of the planet. How? <laughs> By not judging myself. <laughs> I it's love that, that simple. So don't focus on the goal. Don't focus on success. Those are byproducts of Hard work, determination, focus, willpower, action, faith. Those mm. are the characteristics of successful people. Those mm. are the characteristics of people who achieve their goals. If it's outside of you, you're missing the point. So coming back to the same teaching from before, it's never outside of ourselves. If we take care of this thing, then this external reality automatically gets taken care of. And you might find that with that comes 
prosperity and wealth and success, the more clear I've gotten on who I am, mm-hmm. the higher my closing rates with sales have gotten. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I'm clear. I'm not attached to getting clients. Like if you hear you hear that language, right? Like how oh, to get so clients. Much, like, yeah. Run. <laughs> run. <laughs> right? No. It's not about getting clients, it's about serving. And when people feel that, they go, this person's here to serve me. They don't need me. Mm-hmm. And then, wow, how does that increase my business? Well, because this thing inside is prosperous and like energy attracts like energy. This is how it all mm-hmm. works together. So the rules don't change. Just kind of the game we're playing changes. But yeah. What would be your vision for people in entrepreneurship? What would be your vision for people and how they go about business? That's a big piece of it is we stop creating business and products and industry for personal gain because what we're doing to a large extent is success for 99% of us is external. So we're willing to do whatever we need to do, destroy the planet, step over other people, be jerks, right? In order to get what we want, which is more money, more fame, more safety, more sustenance, really just root chakra stuff is what we're Mm -hmm. talking about. So how do we start to live and operate for more of a heart chakra space where I'm safe, I have what I need, I am abundant, I am prosperous, I am loving, I am divine. And from that space, how do we start to operate and create in a conscious way, in a way that helps the planet, (laughs) helps each other grow, and doesn't have a negative effect on everything that we do? Because from what I've seen in business, I can have a positive effect on the planet and I can do Mm -hmm. well for myself. So if I can do that, if you can do that, if other people listening can do that, then that means companies can do that. So I guess at the end, the answer is I want to see us be able to do well for ourselves and good for the planet at the same time. Mm. And then put those together into something that is a product that has service, you know, and that really comes down again to feeling whole inside. Oh yeah, that would be my dream for this work is to see business change to a more conscious way where we understand that we can do well and we don't have to destroy things at the same time. Mm, I love that. I just want to honor you because I really, I connected with you the first time because you can just tell that you really embody what you teach and you really embody the words that you speak through you and care about what you do. And I think that's such an element that's missing in this space that's not as prevalent in this space, not as obvious in this space of people that are here to be of service first and then allow the other things to unfold from that place, right? And that's a much more powerful place to create your reality Mm -hmm. and to bring things into your reality. Yeah, thank you for the reflection. And I see that in you too, right? Which is, again, the likeness and (laughs) service is the key. There's some really cool stuff out there around looking at language like if I'm going to fix someone, if I'm going to help someone, or if I'm going to serve someone. Fixing means Mm -hmm. they're broken. That means they're not whole. Helping means they're less than serving means they're perfect they've just forgot and how can i how can you as the practitioner get them to a place of remembrance that they're perfect because either we're all broken or we're all perfect (laughs) so i'm gonna go we're all perfect and from that place and service doesn't always mean you get what you want doesn't mean you get what you like by the way (laughs) this is where where compassion lives this is where patience lives This is where non-judgment lives and from that place if we can serve that's how we stay clean in ourselves. And that's how we can really have a, an amazing impact on the world at the same time. And also create careers that we love and lifestyles we love. It's, I think service is one of those key kind of lighthouses 
to all of this in terms of a conscious business. So, but yeah, and I've seen that same in you and you are an amazing interviewer. You bring out, you bring out <laughs> stuff that I don't share too much. So thank you for that. <laughs> That's okay. Thank you for coming on and thank you for your reflection as well. I was going to ask you, do you want to leave everyone with a message? But I actually think that was quite a beautiful one. So if there's anything else you want to share, then please feel free to, but if not, where can people find you and how can people connect with you? Sure. Let me finish with this quote I just read the other day since Definitely. we talked about non-judgment. It said, the warrior does not see things as good or bad, but they only see things as a challenge. And then the same thing would go for a spiritual warrior. The spiritual warrior does not see things as good or bad. They only see things as a challenge. And maybe they only see things as perfection would be cool. So that would be a quote that I just read that I think goes with this well. Mm, I love that. Um, it's yeah. a beautiful one. My website is nickpalladino.co. Feel free to go there. I've got a couple of free resources on there if people need those. And then always happy to connect with other conscious entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses. I've got a really cool wellness business accelerator program where we meet with other coaches that are doing the same kind of work we are. We talk about growing our businesses and getting better as coaches. That's one of my main passions I'm doing right now. So if anyone's interested in that, that's some of the main stuff I'm doing. And yeah, or also just feel free to connect on Instagram and build a relationship that way. I think that that's how you and I connected. And yeah, it's a really totally. cool resource. Invite you for my first podcast. Totally. It's a great tool, isn't it? <laughs> if we use it as a way, as an extension, as a mindful tool, it's a great tool. Totally. So totally, totally fantastic way to connect there too. So you'll be able to find all of those in the show notes. So you'll be able to connect with Nick there. So head down to those if you're interested in connecting with Nick further. And you should be because he's pretty cool and awesome at what he does so <laughs> and oh, cool. I did one so of your what did I I did one of your free things it was like impact was it impact income and mm -hmm. something yeah, yeah yeah I did that and that was awesome so I definitely recommend that to people oh that's that pretty much well. the, the basis of my wellness yeah. training program so I love that it was great it cool. was great <laughs> okay thank you so much for coming on Nick and thank you for everyone who's tuned in today see you all soon Right, Thank thanks. you. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you feel even more expanded, connected and inspired from today's conversation. Don't forget to leave us a review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And you can head to the show notes for even more ways to connect to our community. See you next week. <laughs>